if you took my personal life and you look at that, you say, oh, well, there's an obvious, when it came to art, I didn't know what I couldn't do. I literally did not know that, oh, that's not the way you do it. So I really didn't know. So I was fearless because I never imagined that I could fail. If you knew going in that, listen, a hundred people are going to tell me no, one person is going to say yes. You just got to get through your first hundred people because you know success is coming. Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of The Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. What's up, Overcomer Nation? Back by popular demand. Yes, you heard him right on Thanksgiving. Uh, Michael Goddard and I did a great episode, and people are like, God, we want to learn more about that guy. Well, today, you get the chance to. In fact, we're going to talk a bit about what the what an overcomer Michael Goddard is. Michael, let's start back when... Um, you know, just kind of taking us back to when you were first growing up. Uh, what was that like? Where, where are you from? Uh, you know, what were those childhood years like? Messed up. <laughs> I blocked them all out. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, it was it was rough, but you, you know what? Um, uh, I always say it's easier to continue to navigate chaos than it is to start and walk through a blank door or, or a, a do walk into a dark room or a door you don't know what's behind. And this is why I think a lot of people stay in relationships and things like that because uh, they think this is what life is like so for me as a child um you know growing up with a, a some abuse and and you know emotional physical whatever um i thought that's how everybody lived yeah. i didn't know any different and then you know, the problem is with that is that you know later on i struggle with a lot of uh anxiety issues self-confidence and uh, you know so much point where you're you know like uh, do i really want to continue this life or not right you know and uh you know and yeah uh, I'm not unique that way. Obviously, lots of people go through it, but different people experience it different ways. And you know, um, uh, you, you learn survival techniques. Some That's people, ask, yeah. some people block things out. Some people can't. There's parts of my childhood I don't remember, and that was just like a, uh, you know, kind of a mechanism, you know. But um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I'd say it was rough when I realized it was rough later on. Yeah, you know, and obviously when you're being abused, you know you're being abused, but maybe not quite. Because, like, like for example, my stepfather was a freaking nutcase. And uh, I had, uh, it was my birthday. And for my birthday, I got to uh, bring friends over to spend the night. We had, a, like, this little rinky-dink uh, uh, trailer, what have you. It wasn't an Airstream. It was like, you know, like Beverly Hillbilly style, right? <laughs> but on my birthday, I get to bring all my friends over, right? So super exciting, right? So I could come home from school. I got an entourage of my friends with me, you know, five or six kids that, you know, are all going to spend the night with me and, uh, and, uh, just super excited and a great mood. And my stepdad called me in the living room, of course, you know, your friends, they just follow you around. They're at your house. They don't do. So, uh, he said, come closer, come closer. And then just fuck it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Drop kicked me yeah. in front of my friends in the balls. He's a grown ass mm -hmm. man. I went down on the floor, started crying. He goes, I guess you'll remember to take the trash out next time. Oh, jeez. 
So here, you know, and he was, you know, so what happened from that experience, of course, I was humiliated, you know, and, and trying to, you know, my friends didn't know what to do. They'd never even seen anything like that. And, uh, but this was normal for my house. Now, what happened was I woke up that morning, super excited about inviting all my friends. I knew it was trash day, forgot. I'm, you know, I'm I'm 11 years old. I'm like, woo, off to school. Yeah, let's go get my And uh, uh, the funny thing psychologically is I thought, well, it was my fault. I didn't take the trash out. Yeah, yeah. It, the punishment wasn't correct. Yeah. yeah, and so there were things like that where you know, horrible things, you know, getting my head shoved in a toilet and like abusive things. But oh, you forgot to flush the toilet. I guess you won't forget next time. You know, just take my head, put it right down in the garbage, and just like you know. And then then uh, then you know it was weird and 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 dark and like okay, you're not going to tell anybody because obviously I'm going to kill you. I know I'm at eleven. Oh my god. Because this year, this year, stepfather, stepfather, I was wanting, afraid. wanting to hide the abuse. Yes. You know, right? so I mean, it was rough, but I, I, you know, managed my way through it. But you know, by the time I was uh, 16, 17 years old, I had a, uh, you know, I was, I was having a mental breakdown. You know, just it was just too much for me, and um, uh, so uh, two things happened in my life. Um, one is that the reason I had a stepfather at a young age is because my my father got really ill. Uh, I was uh, six years old. Uh, we would come home, think dad is dead. He's lying in the middle of the floor. You know, ambulance is coming to the house. Really, really scary. I didn't know what was going on. But he had a really rare muscle disease, had to move out of the house, and then uh, uh, to go stay in, in a hospital, basically. So it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was able to come home later. But he was in so much pain that they had him heavily medicated. Well, between the medication effect, basically, you know, having a, uh, 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 just, just, it caused a really deep depression for my dad. He's a young man in his thirties and a very, very athletic. Suddenly, you know, he, he's, they got, you know, um, steroids to keep him alive. So he's blown up to 300 pounds. We'd, we'd ride around 150, 160, you know, and, um, and now he's blown up to, you know, three, 350 pounds and, uh, really weird for me. Now suddenly I'm, you know, and so my dad stops talking because he's so depressed and he didn't talk for a probably year and a half my mom my mom couldn't take it totally stopped talking to the totally just stopped talking to anybody he was so depressed so he stopped talking so my mom got divorced you know married this uh, crazy man (laughs) and um um so i went through you know years of abuse and and uh uh 15 16 i started having problems with my colon at uh 12 you know bleeding you know so it's all caused from anxiety sure well, fast forward into my future and, and, you know, I'm in my teens and, and, I uh, went out to go live with my dad, my, my real father again. And, uh, he lived out in Vegas cause he could take care of himself. My grandparents did. That's how I ended up in Vegas. And, uh, anyways, you know, going through uh, different psychologists and stuff, got into drugs, just any, any kind of escape, you know, hearing voices. It was, it was wild. Yeah. Um, so basically on a really bad path going nowhere, zero self-confidence, you know, using drugs to just make it better and going therapist after therapist, therapist after therapist. So anyways, one day I uh, went into this therapist and, uh, you know, tell her, you know, like you always do, give him a backstory here. This is what happened to my dad. This is what happened to my stepdad, you know? Right. And, uh, she says to me, she goes, well, she goes, I don't think you're, you're going to be around much longer, especially the way you're using drugs. That needs to stop. And, uh, and she goes, and, um, Right now, I'm just telling you, you're you're never going to amount 
to anything. You're you're never going to be anybody in this life. You're, you're going to be just you know. This is what the therapist is telling. The therapist is telling me, listen, you, you're basically your whole life in the direction you're going right now. You're you're, you're going to be a tool. You know, you're going to be a useless, you know, drug addict, whatever. She says, unless you stop feeling sorry for yourself. Well, she said, you have every excuse in the world to not start your life over and get your shit together. You've got every excuse. You've got you've got the sad story. Mm. Well, I didn't like that answer. <laughs> I ran out of there and just never went back and was pissed off. Said I'll never go to another therapist. Yeah, but that sat with you, right? That was with speed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I kept thinking, you know, into into my twenties, just you know, anxiety, whatever. I'm just, you know, I, I have every excuse. If this is the way my life's going to, I can say, listen, the reason I'm messed up is because look what happened to me. Same thing anybody would do that. I'm just, I'm messed up forever. And then one day I kind of sunk in like, well, I am, I do feel sorry for myself. I was like, I should, I deserve better. I deserve more. I deserve this. I deserve that. And then I'm, then I started thinking, well, maybe I don't deserve anything. Maybe I don't deserve happiness. Maybe I don't deserve sadness. Maybe my life is just like how life is, you know? One animal is is, is uh, a born super athletic and, uh, you know, gets bitten by another animal one day and now walks with a limp. Mm-hmm. Like, is that, you know, is my life really that predetermined? Well, it is if I keep living it the same way. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if, if, I, if I don't change, you know, and and at that point I'd created a lot of really bad habits because like, like a woman who's been abused, mm-hmm. she leaves that relationship, goes and finds another abuser. I didn't know what life was like without chaos. Right, and I realized that I'm creating my chaos, and this went well into my thirties, just never being happy, couldn't figure it out, and um, and uh, I, I said, well, what if I didn't feel sorry for myself? What if what if I said, listen, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time? Yeah, maybe I was born, you know, uh, you know, because my dad was, uh, you know, uh, disabled. You know, what if I was born with a disability? And and is that anyone's fault? Is it something my dad did? Is it something I did? Is it something my great grandparents did? And there's karma coming back. Yeah, yeah. But the bottom line is, if I based my future uh, on my sad story and it used my experiences to define who I am, and literally living in the past, it was it was going to be my demise. It was going to be my end. And, and the moment I realized that, and it was later in life, it was well into my thirties that I'd struggle with this and. Did everything I could to try and you know get it get it together, but the moment I started to make some better decisions, the uh, the anxiety part of my life, the self confidence uh, was a very very gradual slow change. But it took it took work. Yeah, it took work to try and change my brain to think. Okay, I know that was tough. Maybe you know you know maybe I I I, I can fail at something and and try again yeah. instead of like oh I'm gonna fail before I even start. So if if I was doing drugs, it would be like, well, what's it going to hurt? I'm useless tool, anyways. You know, I'm going to die young, anyways. I've got a messed up life, anyways. Like, how, you know, who cares what I do? It's like it's like letting your your body go with obesity or drinking or anything else. You're just like, well, it's too late now. Right, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. But when that changed, that was the 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 when I realized that she was dead on. Had I got it at the moment. Yeah. I could have changed the trajectory of my life much, much earlier. I realize that now. I realize, you know, yeah. That's such a great message. That's a really great message. You know, I say that there's three great days in your life. The day that you're born, the day you find out why, and the day that you decide if it's to be, it's up to me. And the day right. you do a podcast with your buddy. <laughs> I love this guy. It's so <laughs> awesome. 
But uh, it really is great having you here. It's really great being here. I didn't mean to sidetrack. No, I, I do that. Squirrel. <laughs> no, it's good. Well, you know, I grew up in a broken home, and uh, I, I did notice a, a trend throughout my life that um, because I didn't have that love and acceptance from my father that, you know, I escaped into drugs and alcohol and things like yeah. that. And, um, but I, there was a shift for me at some point that just said, you know what? I mean, you know, you're going to make more of your life. You know, you're going to stop yeah. being like this, right? Um this is very important for our listeners out there. They may know somebody, they may love somebody. You know, what do you think it took to have that mindset shift that changed the trajectory of your life? Because there may be a listener right now over combination, and there may be a listener that wants to uh, see that change in their own life or even see that change in somebody else's that they love. Like, does it, is it the old, you got to hit a rock bottom or, you know, what, what is it? You know, one of the things that it, it sounds like a small thing, but it's, it's actually a big thing. One of the things I was extremely uncomfortable with was being alone. Mm -hmm. Was was late at night, not having alcohol or not having a friend to talk to or whatever. Um, not spending any time with myself to reflect. Couldn't handle it because when I was alone, all kinds of bad things, right? Yeah. I started thinking yeah. all kinds of bad things. And it, it takes a lot of courage to be by yourself yeah. and to be alone by yourself. And, um, you know, it's, it's always easier with the TV on with, you know, someone to talk to, but, you know, even taking small amounts of time to mm -hmm. digest a little bit, like there's a lot of people, and, and I, I think maybe I'm one of them. I, I don't cry very easily. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot. Uh, my moments come, but you know, I like, oh, I want to be a man. I don't, right. don't want to cry. I don't want to feel weak yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But, um, when those moments do come, I mean, it, it's good for you to cry. It's yeah. good for you to laugh. It's good. It's good for, for yeah. It, even the other side of it, it's good for you to laugh. People who are always super serious and like it can't enjoy themselves because, well, you know, um, you know, uh, the, everything else, uh, life's too serious. And it can, so I think spending a little bit of time with yourself, yeah, very, very difficult thing to do. Now, a lot of times we end up spending time with ourselves and, and changing things because we finally hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. There is no place else to go. Like you're, you you have no friends, you have nobody that's around, whatever. You find yourself in a strange place or on your way to a new part of your life, living in some new place and yeah. we're staying a friend. I mean, the hard stuff. Um, that's when you're forced to deal with yourself. You're, right. you're forced to, you've got no other, if you can just find, if you can just take a small dose of reality, right? Like, so I will allow myself, you know, uh, to cry a little bit then small doses it's it's okay slowly you're like oh you know it's okay it's okay not to always be superman yeah it's okay not to always be a hundred percent and and i think that um that was helpful and and i ended up in many situations where i'd say it's like thanksgiving right thanksgiving when you think of thanksgiving you think oh you know time with your family your friends all the people love you uh you know when you're a little kid it's like you know cousins grandparents everybody's around yeah, you know, there's times in my life when it was, I remember specifically at Thanksgiving holiday being alone and going, uh, don't, my family doesn't really, excuse me, my family doesn't care for me. Right. I don't really have any friends. You know, uh, the people that I do acquaint with, you know, uh, who I socialize with don't really know me because I've never let them know me. Right. You know, they think I'm somebody else who I pretended to be, this guy who's got his shit together. And so, um, you know, it, it's a gradual you know, um, uh, it takes a lot of work. So that, that was one, that was one key that hel helped me. That's it's, a great encouragement right there. So taking time for the self-reflection and the introspection, and sometimes it's forced, but what can you do to create it in your own life? It might just be journaling, uh, you know, it might be encouraging somebody else to just write their story out. Like, you know, what are you feeling? Uh, for me, I mean, it was prison. 
I mean, that was a crowded place and it was very alone. And I'm like, oh shit, I got to deal with me now. And I asked myself yeah. tough questions. I said, Travis, you know, what happened to you? Like, here you are. You know, yeah. One time you were, you were this, this guy, right? You know, right. this, this kid that was passionate about fitness and now you're this drug addict that's in prison. Like, where did you go? Right. right. You know? And uh, so, you know, to, to kind of rediscover those good parts about yourself. I think, I think too, I want to add to that, that when you are, um, say you need, you need self-reflect, it's, it's, it's self-reflecting, like thinking everything about yourself. So first of all, we're naturally inclined to avoid pain, avoid being hurt, avoid all that, right? So if you say, okay, so this got me really upset, I snapped, right? I, I did, I, I snapped. Well, what was it that led up to it? What, was, what were the circumstances, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and one thing I found out, there are circumstances that we're in that we cannot get out of. There is no escape, right? <laughs> And you know that if you start to think about something that bothers you, if you think about it long enough, it starts to get worse. You start to think of other things and it just compounds. Next thing you know, you're drowning and you don't want to go to work. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to do anything. And so I think um, recognizing that, you know, some of the triggers, maybe you, maybe when you're self-reflecting, you say, well, I've noticed that, you know, if I have a drink, I get a lot more emotional. I have I have episodes like that more often, right? And and you know that. Um, so, I've I've been in many situations in my life, and I'm I'm not unique in this. But where you are in a situation where there is no escape, you're going to have to deal with whatever it is. Mm -hmm. This could be losing a family member, someone who is dying, losing a grandparent, right? And you, you wake up the next day and you go, "Oh, uh, this isn't a nightmare, or this is worse than a nightmare because this is real life, and this yeah. is not yeah. going well." Yeah. And I found it's, it's, it seems like a really simple solution, but it is so difficult. You need to find something, you need to find a distraction. Mm. And so for me, um, say, you know, I start thinking about, you know, how much I miss my daughter, right? She's, yeah. you know, she's not here. And, um, when I think about those things and when it starts to, when I start to think about, you know, oh, the, the last few months of cancer or whatever, like my mind just starts oh, playing yeah, down yeah. fast. Yeah. I found that. I just have to take a break. I have to force myself to get up and stop thinking about it. And that's not so easy. That doesn't mean I'm going to get up and go, you know, grab an iced tea out of the fridge. Right. That's going to do it. I found that I have to find something that can totally consume my brain for a little while. Mm -hmm. And it might be a movie. Right. It might be a video game. But I need something where I'm actively having to kind of do something. Or maybe, maybe it's actually taking a walk, which I usually don't do very often. But literally leaving the situation... And finding some way of, of the finding something else that interests you enough to get you distracted. Because what you find out is, as soon as you're distracted, it's like it's like getting to rest after running a sprint, and you're able to catch your air. And now you're able to kind of regroup, go back into the same room that you were in. Maybe it's your bedroom where you're just miserable. Go back in there, and you look at it a little bit different. Why? Because you're calm. It's like yelling and screaming at somebody when you're in the heat of the moment. Man, if you just stop for a second, you know. Uh, you know, give it a day before you, you know, before you see your wife again. <laughs> so she doesn't tear your head off. But instead of, you know, when you get mad at yourself, you, you, you or when you get mad, you know, you think of all the things you want to do. It's, it's always about revenge. Oh, man, I know. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to hurt her back or whatever it is. But if you just pause, man, if you just pause and literally find something that truly, if it's, if, if you try something, you try playing a game, it doesn't work. Or try listening to music, it doesn't work. Don't stop trying. Yeah. But it's really hard to do that. It's hard to stop. You know, uh, in physics, they say that uh, body in motion 
wants to stay in motion mm-hmm. and a body at rest wants to stay at rest. Yeah. So to make any sort of change, if you're running full blast and you need to pause to slow down, you know, or the other way around, you're miserable, you're caught, caught in this state where you don't want to go out, you don't want to eat, you don't want to talk, you don't, you're just shutting down to get something moving again, to get your body moving again, you need to find a distraction. And I have found that it's a simple thing, but you know, I've talked to, you know, my daughter should be, you know, really upset, crying or upset about something, man, I'll tell Maddie, find something to distract yourself just for a few minutes. You know, you're worried about this person and what they did to you and how hurt you are and how angry you are. I said, go do something, go, go get in your car and go drive somewhere real quick or, or call up a friend. Just yeah. do anything to get your mind off it. And you know, you might call up somebody and go, Hey, uh, what's going on? I don't even know what, but you know, your point is to get your mind off of whatever it is you're dwelling on. Yeah. And not eat you up. That's that really good. Really helpful. I want to highlight two things that you said right there. The, the first is, uh, when you talk about, you know, there's these parts of your past that you're going to visit and there's going to be times where you need to distract yourself and then it's okay. You can come back to that situation. But I read this quote the other day and it says, your past is a place to be learned from, not lived in, right? Like be careful about the wallowing and just, you know, immersing and, you know, like you might need to have that distraction. The other part that I thought- Oh, and, and no, I'm not saying, but to add to that, to your point, think about how difficult that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is really hard to, to, to do that. It's very, very hard to, 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 to stop um, and, and do- you know, shift gears like like shift as you're gears. that motion like you were just describing right. It's re- it's you're really on this hard. track, you know, and you need to you need to change directions because we're we're wired so that our brain does not have uh does not work like a like a clock. If a bad situation happened because say um uh you went to go get gas late one night, normally you don't get gas late one night, and and someone scares the hell out of you because they're gonna rob you or whatever, you know. Next time you have to go get gas, you're like, well, your mind goes right back to that point. If you had something that happened in your childhood, there is no time lapse between the last time it happened and now. There's none. And and this is why, you know, you lose somebody, you go through anything tragic, you, your brain literally goes right back to that moment. And the only way to get past that is not just pausing, but you, you got to allow that a little bit to start to feel like you're safe again. Yeah. Because if you don't feel safe, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. I I like how you were talking about triggers, right? Like the things that trigger you and take you back. Um, If it's hysterical, it's historical. If you see something that's triggering you and making you have a reaction that's stronger than what actually the situation would normally create, then you have to ask yourself, like, what's going on? And and I feel like throughout life, sometimes we got to go back and include like pieces of ourselves. Like if you can imagine, right, there's this higher self, there's this evolved part of you that sometimes got to go back and and tell that kid that got kicked in the balls <laughs> that, that that should have never happened to you yeah it wasn't your, right and it was, was your not fault. Fault. It was not your fault. yeah you know and, and, and give that kid a hug and be yeah. like man i'm sorry you know like if you can take a second and meditate and see yourself doing that it's almost like sometimes you go back and collect a piece of yourself that was left behind and maybe you won't have as many of those yeah. triggering moments, you know. I guess uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the one of the things I like to think about is, is as far as how much our plans are nothing like how life really works out. Is a great example is okay. You drive the same way to work every day, and you know where the traffic is and all that. And you decide one day, hey, you know what? Actually, I know a shortcut. Mm-hmm. And so, and it and it can save you two hours. You go, you take that shortcut. You're two hours early. Everything's amazing. 
The next time you go to take the exact same shortcut, there's, you know, um, a, a car accident. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're stuck. You had all the right intentions. You went down the path that you thought you were supposed to, but guess what? You're not in control of life, yeah. especially those things that come from the outside. So, you know, um, and that is just uh, something that will help you realize that um, you're, you're not in control. Yeah. And, 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 and it, sometimes one of our worst enemies is the idea of having expectations. Yeah. And, oh, if I do this, this is going to happen. And that's not always true, man. Life throws little wrenches in it. Yeah, yeah right. We plan and God laughs, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, that's so true. But uh, talking about triggers, and this is why that self-introspection uh, self, uh, is so important is because sometimes unless you take the time to analyze what's going on, um, you might not know why you're acting the way you're acting. We just had a situation. You saw my dog, right? She literally almost cut herself. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. So yeah, my 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 dog was running around Bentley. in the backyard. Bentley. She shout out to Bentley. <laughs> there was something new in the yard that she didn't realize was there, and it was this piece of metal. And she she was running full blast, chasing the ball, got her back hooked, and sliced her open. It was horrible blood and all that. Now I'm not home. And I, I started getting anxiety, you know, about, you know, coming home because like, oh, I hope everything is okay. My wife's fixed everything before we get there. Right, right. <laughs> so first first night in bed, right? And, and the dog likes to sleep with us. She's got a coat on and all that. And I could see a little bit of blood or whatever. Anyways, Leanne says, listen, I got to I gotta clean her up. So anyways, she starts to clean her up and I start getting irritated with Leanne. I said, no, that's not, that's, you're going to hurt her. You need to do this, that. Now you're going to hurt her. And then having a hard time sleeping that night because I'm, I'm afraid to move in pegs. I might roll over on her. She's in pain and whatever. So a day of this goes by and, and my wife literally, she's in tears. She goes, I don't, I, what am I doing? Why are you so angry at me? What, what is wrong with you? Uh, I mean, am I doing something wrong? Like, why are you so angry? That's not, I, I didn't even realize I was angry, Yeah, yeah. but I was angry. And I go, man, I, I, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why I'm acting. Why am I reacting stronger? That's weird. Yeah, like, yeah. It's weird. She's like, I've never seen you like this. So anyways, I, I had to go do something and I, I, I uh, it was getting, uh, getting the evening time and, and all of a sudden I had a flash of my daughter being sick. Mm -hmm. And about laying in bed next to her with with cancer and being so afraid to even move because everything was so painful. It was it was bad times. And I also had incidences where she was, you know, uh, just covered in blood for different reasons. Different bad things happened. And I remembered having to clean that blood and being, you know, hurt, you know, crying and saying, "Dad, that really hurts." And I'm like, "I gotta clean." I go, "Oh my God, I know what." it is. Yeah, I'm having thoughts about my dog, but not picturing the dog as my dog. I'm not even thinking about that. And I realized what it was. I, I had it. I, I, so Leanne says, are you okay now? And I go, I started to try and tell her what was wrong. And I just broke down. And she's going, oh my God, what is it? What is it? So uh, it's hard not to get emotional now about it. But I didn't realize that, that, was, that I was being triggered. It was only when I was by myself mm -hmm. thinking about, oh, the, what, what am I doing? Right? I'm only seeing it from the inside. Let me try and see from my wife's point of view, maybe. Let me just analyze this in different ways. I go, oh my God, I'm like re-experiencing bad things that happened with my daughter, dark things that I hadn't thought about in years that were just right there. And so it's not my fault. It was my fault for how I reacted being a jerk. I didn't like that I was being a jerk. How do I fix my actions? Well, I had to take a moment to figure out why I was doing it. Once I spilled the beans, I felt like I'd had this huge, some things that I had never ever shared with my wife since we had first met. Right. Things that I'd never talked to anybody about that I was sharing for the first time. 
and it came out through just you know a, a dog yeah, got I hurt and, and and I didn't realize how that I had an issue because it was something I hadn't dealt with and now the last time I cleaned up blood on anything was my daughter and I didn't I wasn't yeah. I didn't even see it after that it, like it like I looked at my wife she looked at me she goes listen it's okay take it in doses the next time we got in bed like that night it started to bother it started to really bother me I go I don't know how to fix it like I the feelings are coming back you mind if I sleep in the other room? She goes, oh, my God, honey, that's a great idea. Sleep in the other room so you're not worried. See you in the morning. You want to come in and check on us? We're fine. And I slept in the other room. I was like, oh, but I handled it in a little bit of doses. Right. And she was still painful, but each, each day, because I don't like to sleep without my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and it got better. And it got better. And then, you know, uh, she was still, you know, was still mending and still a serious injury, you know, two weeks later. But now I found a way to deal with something that I didn't even know I had an issue with, that I didn't know was causing me problems in my life, you know, and everything was just escalating. And I didn't know what to do. And it was only because I took a pause, yeah, thought about it, not just how much I don't like a situation, but what was happening that led me to this point and then saying, well, how can I fix it? Well, I didn't have the willpower, the strength, the personality, whatever you call it to really deal with it the way I wanted to. Yeah. So I just did it in little doses and said, okay, now I feel a little bit safer, you know? Yeah. And my wife would say things, knowing what I'm thinking now. And she said, well, listen, if you turn on this side and she's on this side, we could put a pillow right in between. You'll feel the pillow first. You're not going to roll over on her. Don't worry about it. Like little things. I figured out how to solve a problem that I don't, I, yeah, but no, that was really a big deal. It was a big really deal. And that, and you know, not every part of us that gets triggered is going to be from our childhood, right? This is a very painful experience that you went through as an adult. As an adult, that you still go through because you know you you never heal uh, from the loss of a child and uh, uh, overcome our nation. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode because Michael's work with St. Jude. Uh, he lost a daughter. Uh, she was 16. Yeah, she was 16. I'm 16. Rare form of brain cancer. Rare right? form of brain cancer was. Uh, what I got to tell you, the good news is. Uh, at the time, there's only 20% cure rate today. It's 80% for that same child that was hey, first diagnosed. That's great. So, yeah. So, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. They're making two points, but God, I thought that was great. I want to take a minute yeah. to recognize that because you just shared. I believe that the scars that we have from our life are battle, battle wounds that we can give lessons to others. And mm -hmm. if somebody's dealing with loss out there, uh, I mean, is there yeah. anything that you would share? You know, just a. I would just say, share. This, that it gets easier with time. That that the um, that the intensity mm -hmm. uh, lightens, and that is only time that does it. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to share something else with you that uh, I had a counselor tell me that was life changing. He said, uh, when you have a problem and you're going through something and you're just you're upset, whatever, he goes, uh, you don't always have to have an answer. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, I, he gave the example that you know you, you and your wife are fighting. He goes, uh, and and you don't know what's going on with you. She doesn't know why you're acting like an idiot. And he says, just go up to her, give her a great big hug, and say, it's like that blanket you got me. It's, it's awesome. I'll tell you guys about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the taco. Uh, but he said, uh, just tell your wife you don't know what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Be honest and say you don't have the answer. You don't know why you're being such a jerk right now. I don't know. Why did you get upset at me? Actually, I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. Because I, I don't I don't really have an answer. And it's okay not to have an answer. Just being aware that there's a problem. Yeah, that's good. That's a great start. But you but we always expect 
everything everything that happens like, oh there's got to be a reason well oh they didn't answer the phone oh there's got to be a reason what was it then our mind starts creating things yeah and that's one of the worst things it's it's okay not to have the answer all the time it's yeah. okay especially that's when you're dealing with the unknown and trying to solve make your life better in an area that you haven't really dealt with before if you don't have the answer it's okay it's just yeah. going to take time things will reveal themselves right yeah and if you're listening and you're going to have that approach you've just taken an important step that i think most of the world doesn't take we take everything at face value and we say oh you know we're, this person's being a jerk because they're just a jerk right you know like well suddenly yeah, you're can't. married to them you're in love with them so how, how did they just suddenly get this jerk label what happened is you have an opportunity to just sit with something for a little while and get to explore a deeper part of a person that you love if you can just sit with it long enough to just accept hey i don't know what's going on right now but you know let, let's let's take this journey together that's really good you know i want to talk about something though you know we talked about what an overcomer you are and you know that we've uh, talked a little bit about your childhood and of course the loss you've been through as an adult it takes a hell of a long time to become an overnight success you know you're uh one of the most sold artists in the world. Uh, I love your artwork. Uh, you know, it's the stuff that we collect the most. And uh, just, I can't say enough about it. Uh, check out Rockstar of the Art World, Michael Goddard, you know. He drank my Kool-Aid. <laughs> I sure did. Great. He drank some Kool-Aid. I don't He's care. Done. Wine, cork, strawberries, <laughs> you know. It's fun. It's fun art, uh, which is great. Um, but it does take a heck of a long time to become an overnight success. Can you share a little bit of that timeline because I mean, there was a time where you were painting characters in a amusement park, right? I mean, if I remember, thanks, Jared. Not Spray Farm and overall. Well, there was a time when Michael you know. Jordan got kicked off the basketball team. He didn't make the cut, right? So I mean, yeah. we got to talk about that. Uh, well, I think I think successes uh, come. It really, it's it's related to what we just talked about. That you know, so much of uh, if you if you don't know that whether you can do something or not, you're a lot you're a lot more likely to try it. You know, someone had told me uh, uh, that if you, if someone were to, you know, wave a magic wand and you knew that no matter what task you wanted to try, you could not fail at it. Mm. You could not fail at absolutely anything you wanted to do, anything, what would you do? And that's interesting to think about. Yeah. Because, you know, some people might be, well, I'd like to be a, you know, a, a, a singer on Mars as an astronaut, you know? <laughs> But but you think about it because what it what it does is if you if you remove some of your boundaries the limits that you put on yourself and you had no you had no boundaries you had no limits on what you 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 could do you know what would you do and it may and it kind of gets past uh, like peels away a couple of layers of the onion and lets you know where your heart is you know yeah and, yeah that's it, a pretty tip to success don't gloss over that one what would you do if you knew you would not fail or if somebody could wave them at you want and that is the key to the step that you might want to take for the success in your life because that's, you know, passion leads to purpose. Purpose is what, you know, what you're meant to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you think about like, you know, we both have, uh, we both have grandkids. Uh, uh, could you imagine, you know, giving up and not trying because it was really hard or maybe because you got hurt, which is normally what we do. But let's, let's think about, let's think about our grandkids for a minute, right? So <laughs> fall down, Al cuts himself, bruise himself. You know what? That's it for me. I'm I'm done with walking. Forget it. I'm gonna crawl for the rest of my life. I'm I'm I, I don't want to walk. It's too much trouble. I get walk hurt. Just... every time I try, I get hurt. <laughs> but but kids are very resilient. Why? Because they haven't learned all the things that we have that where the where the the learned uh the things that we learned from uh, painful or bad experiences 
uh, literally create a fear to do something, right? And imagine, imagine if, you know, well, imagine Travis and I here with, you know, a binky in our mouth going, well, we don't walk anymore, but man, it's a good thing we haven't gotten hurt. <laughs> All my friends are taller than us, dude. An interesting image right there. <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to success, I find it's the same way. What you'll what I've found in my life is especially getting into things that I've never done before. Sometimes I don't know what the limits are because I haven't been uh in the industry for long enough or and I don't know what all the rules are. So two examples I'll give you. Uh I play a little bit of guitar. I'm horrible at it. Um, but I but I've enjoyed music my whole life. And yeah. I met somebody who was just this absolutely incredible rock star. And I'm like, you know, so, so what, what advice would you give me for a new musician? And he goes, don't ever take guitar lessons. I'm like, what? Don't ever take guitar lessons. He goes, well, once you learn how to play the chords and you take the next step and start learning music theory and everything else, you're going to play a, a D and you're not going to say, oh, well, creatively, what, what do I want it to sound like next? You go, oh, the book says, uh, -huh. Right. From a D, you can only go to an A or a G. And he goes, you will box yourself in. So by not knowing um, what you're supposed to do when you're writing a song, that's that's one. Now, in my own experience with uh, uh, with my art and things, before I was doing art full-time, I... I uh, what was this rock star that gave you that piece of advice? It was a rock star. It was a rock star? A, a real rock star. Um, <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, we're going to keep that name anonymous just for the moment. Okay. All right. But, um, um, uh, when I, uh, so I, I was doing airbrushing, yeah. right. And then airbrushing had t-shirts and stuff. You guys probably see that in fairs, whatever, what have you. Uh, I had a friend of mine that worked for, uh, Vons, the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And he goes, Hey man, I think I can get you some business. They go, my company buys like 30, uh, 30 sweatshirts, uh, you know, uh, white sweatshirts every year. Uh, for Christmas, uh, for, for staff. And I bet they'd love if you could do something custom, you know, for them. So they go, oh, look, that'd be awesome. And you know, $45 a shirt times 30 shirts, like, oh, that's yeah. good money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I go in to talk to this guy from bonds and, uh, and, uh, he says, man, he goes, I love the design. You know, I like what you're doing here. That's exactly what I want on those 30, 30 shirts. And he says, and then I'd also like 3000 t-shirts. And I said, oh, okay. Yeah. You can do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. I can do that. I watch it. I go, oh my god! I just got to order for three thousand t-shirts. I don't know how to do <laughs> right. soap screening. Right? What do I do? Where am I going to get those t-shirts? But I had an order. Oh, hell yeah! I'm going to yeah. figure this out. So I found a silk screening company uh, near where I was, and I gave them the order. I just, you know, figured out what the price was, charged bonds, you know, a little bit more, so I could pay these sure. subscriptions, and they did it. So uh, say yes, figure it out later. Yeah. Right? So yeah. so then uh, so then um, I had ran into uh, this business. Um, that, uh, that did all kinds of, uh, you know, they did coffee cups and stuff, whatever. And they said, Hey, can you, can you, uh, do some t-shirts for us? They just liked my art. Yeah. Right. I said, yeah, I could design something. You, you know, a good place to get t-shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could find somebody. I go, what are you guys looking at? I go, well, there's a movie coming out that's called Primal Fear. This is new, a new, uh, uh, actor named Ed Norton, uh, who's going to be in this movie. And, uh, you know, maybe you could do, uh, uh, something for that. So. I said, sure. I go, what, what are we talking about? They go, yeah, then, yeah, somewhere between, you know, five and 10,000 t-shirts. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, let me work up a price for you. Oh my God. So I go back to this little silk tree company, four or 5,000 shirts, right? Take some more. Yeah. yeah. They're a little shop. And they love you. They love me. I, wow, this is I ended up doing uh, four other movies. Uh, yeah. One of them was um, uh, that one with um, uh, something some with um, uh, uh, Big Gorilla, uh, Chairman Congo, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. 
Anyway, I started doing that, right? Then I it, someone uh, talked to me. They said, there's a, used to be a bank, one of business called Security Pacific Bank. And uh, they said, hey, listen, we do this thing with, uh, you know, for, for kids every year. Can you do some T-shirts? Anyway, so this was uh, this was just in- insanity. So after about three months of this, right, and I'm I'm like, oh, I'm making money. I don't have to do that. Right, right, right. I go in and see these two guys that are doing social media. Goddard, we need to talk to you, buddy. We we need to seriously need to talk to you. I go, okay. So we met for lunch. We're gonna buy you lunch today because I'm bringing them all kinds of business. They're loving it. Yeah. I go, man. My 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 partner Ed and I have been in the silk screening business for over 30 years, over 30 years. Not once have we pulled the type of accounts that you're pulling and you're doing it weekly. It's insanity, like huge orders from everywhere. He goes, you don't even know what you're doing. We're just, we know what's happening. You're getting these orders. And we're, we've are we been scratching our brains. We, we've talked about you for a month going, how's this kid doing it? He goes, you know what? We figured it out. We figured it out today. And I go, what is it? They go, you're too stupid to know that you can't. Uh-huh. You don't, you, you haven't been in the industry for 30 years that tells you, oh, you can't just walk in and do, you know, do a movie t-shirt. You can't just walk into a bank where you don't know anybody. Uh-huh. You can't just walk into this corporation and say, hey, I, I, I need to talk to somebody about doing t-shirts I see it need. It was like cold call. Right. And they said, you, you don't know what you can't do. Yeah. And they go, and that has been uh, brilliant. And in my career since then, after I gave up the silkscreen uh, business, and I ended up, oh my gosh, it was just crazy. But, you know, I ended up doing stuff, you know, for all the cities and jerseys. And I mean, it, just, it built the business grew really fast till I ended up getting my own silkscreen shop and then, you know, get rid of it. But same thing happened with my art. I didn't know how to get into a, a gallery. And and I would try and I literally, I remember sitting on a, on, on a, on a bus and pulling up this magazine, I thought, God, man, I'd love it if my artwork was in this magazine. Like, that'd be so cool. Okay. So I just cold called him. I'm like, hey, I'm an artist, and I don't remember what my pitch was or whatever, but six months later, man, I was on the cover of a magazine. Really? And I'd, I'd never had a PR person yeah. that could teach me, hey, this is how you do it, you know? I did stupid shit, like just wear jewelry on every hand. Because <laughs> 50 Cent, all of it was fake. Fake it till you make it. Right, right, right. We'll read them. Fake <laughs> My friends used to laugh at me, go, dude, like that, that one you could tell, like yeah. the silver's <laughs> rubbing off when the bag hits brown, like that. When you come in there, buddy, like, he must be somebody, you know, he's got all this. Dr- oh, I was over the top. And, right. and uh, but uh, no, I want to talk about yeah. that though, because from the airbrushing of t shirts to the silk screen printing mm-hmm. to getting on the cover of a magazine, you got a great story. And, and I would love our audience to hear it that, I mean, everybody wants you in their art galleries now, and everybody wants to do a show with you. However, the first time that you, well, maybe not the first, but one of the art galleries you approached with your airbrush, uh, can you talk about what happened there? I mean, that was- shut me down, man. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, like, that that's a cool story because of who you are yeah, today. I had, I had an artist who I absolutely just uh, adored, and uh, I he I found out that he actually had paintings in this little uh, this little place in Pasadena. He had a, he would make his own frames. And he did things that were just out there that I'd never seen done before, not like everybody else. And I went in there and I brought my best work and I, I could airbrush. I could make something look just like a photograph. It's no problem. And, uh, I showed him my airbrush stuff and I said, I'd like to show in your gallery. This is now nah, you do carny art. What do you mean I do carny art? I go, I'm, I'm probably one of the top airbrushers in, you know, in the U S like I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, right, 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 right. What kind of a big deal? Yeah, right, right, right. They're like, no, 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 not that. You know who I am? You see yeah. these ranks? <laughs> yeah. I see these ranks. I see these fake ranks. 
<laughs> See that pinnow outside? Yeah, well, one day that's going to be uh, awesome. <laughs> High goals. Anyway, so uh, so they said, no, nah, we, we're, we're not interested. We, 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 we like real artists. We have people that can actually use a paintbrush. They, they looked at airbrush like cheating. Man, I was so, I was so hurt from that. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. So I started to paint paintings. And what I couldn't figure out, I, I would do, uh, um, I would use a, 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 an airbrush when I couldn't paint something. If I say I wanted to blend something, or was colored. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just used an airbrush. And <clears throat> so um, that always kind of, kind of, you know, uh, stuck with me that, you know, I had to sort of, uh, sort of uh, fig figure that out, uh, which by the way, is so funny because I, I contacted that artist that I, would admired so much and he was it was a jerk <laughs> it's like well you're such a letdown you're still my hero but i don't like it <laughs> that's a letdown yeah but uh, seeing a favorite athlete working out of the gym one time i'm like wow he's a pretty stuck up guy yeah um but 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 for example just uh, yeah. to, to kind of tell you so i would take my art into a gallery and um i, I found out you had to frame your stuff and i i said i, I can't i can't afford to frame my my art I, you go to the gallery and said well, I don't know if your stuff's gonna sell. You think I'm gonna invest three hundred bucks to buy a frame for that that piece you're doing right now? And it, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I don't even know you, yeah. you know. And then I would, you know, take my piece of art. Couldn't do it. So what I did was I took a um, uh, what they call a gallery wrap. So most most uh, stretcher bars that you put your canvas on are about that thick. So I use ones that are about three inches thick or four inches thick. And that way, when I do my painting, I paint around the sides. Mm -hmm. Next time I went to a gallery, I said, oh. No, this doesn't require a frame. This is a gallery wrap. They go, oh, really? Wow. Okay, let's try it. And let's finish, though, right? Right, right, right. And then that, then that caught on. And, you know, the same, uh, the same uh, uh, magazine that had just completely ripped me into one and said how horrible I was, you know, two years later said, you know, God, you're such a visionary. Uh, nobody had ever done, you know, a gallery wrap in any gallery. And now you can walk into galleries all over the United States. And they're all using gallery wraps, and some of them don't have frames. Back in the mid '80s and '90s, you, you never saw a painting without a frame; just wasn't done, yeah. right? And so, <clears throat> I got credited for that trend that started and took off everywhere. And it was just a matter of I couldn't afford it, right? <laughs> I didn't know. I got a deep question for you though, because yeah. like I think that where people see rejection you saw opportunity and that's really interesting especially given your history uh you know there's a, a thing where if you you look it up online it says does this read opportunity is now here or does it read opportunity is nowhere uh some people would see oh you, you don't like my stuff because it's airbrush okay i'm done or you know oh i gotta have my stuff framed okay i'm done however you have this persistence this pursuit this belief in yourself that you were going to get into these magazines or get into these galleries. And where do you think that that comes from? Because honestly, uh, I would say that your childhood did not set you up for that, that uh, belief in oneself. Well, it, 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 it's, yeah, that's interesting. It's an interesting question because if you took my personal life and you looked at that, you say, oh, well, there's an obvious reason why he's single because he's so afraid to get in a relationship because he does nothing to screw him up. Right. When it came to art, I didn't know what I couldn't do. Right, I just did, I literally did not know that. Oh, that's not the way you do it. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure it out. I I didn't know that you're supposed to have an agent when you talk to people, and you can't just call up some celebrity and say, "Hey, you know, I want to talk to you," and you know, whatever. I mean, so I really didn't know. So I was fearless because I never imagined that I could fail. 
I hadn't imagined that I could fail. Back to the magic. I, I never failed. So oh, yeah, yeah. it's something brand new. Something brand new. And, um, you know, I had a little bit of confidence because it was my artwork. It wasn't about me. It's about my art. Like right. two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. good. Because so, yeah. Yeah, sometimes we perform from allies. We, there's something that we, you know, all of us, there, there's something that you do very well. And you might not even know what it is yet. Yeah. But it's very true. And then, you know, um, and then you try things. And then you have a little bit of success. But uh, I, I think... Well, you talk to actors and things that, that go in, they say, you know, you really got to handle rejection because you just can't get told no all the time. But if you if you knew going in that, listen, 100 people are going to tell me no, one person is going to say yes, you just got to get through your first 100 people because you know success is coming. Right, 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 right. And if you know that that's the path, or maybe you don't know what the path is, but you think that's what it is, because how many times have any of us saw somebody do something and say, you know what, I could do that. I, I could. I could make that, I, I could make that omelet the way that they did it. Now I know how somebody showed me, you know? Um, uh, and so I just kind of went past all that because I was just fearless. It was back to what if you could not fail? Right. What if I, had that, fail? I hadn't failed at that time. I didn't know what it was like. So I had nothing to be afraid of. A great example of that, I think, is when I look at my kids, they're, they're not, they're, especially when they're really little, they're not afraid of the dark. They're not afraid of monsters because they've never heard of a monster. Right. They know if they're watching TV that, that you know that that dragon is a bad thing. They don't right. even know that yet, right. Right? Right, 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 right? It's like, oh, that fire. Let's go play with it. Yeah, no, you don't know. And and so I look at the kids and go, man, you know, I, I had a fear of the dark, but it wasn't until I would, had gone to school for a little bit and kids telling me ghost stories and teaching me that I should be afraid of something. Yeah, but you go before the age of like you know seven or six, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, what's there to be afraid of? What do you mean that? a bad guy can hurt me or I need to start thinking about that. That doesn't, that doesn't, the frontal cortex doesn't develop until like nine or 10 years old. That's good. So I think the same thing was with me. I didn't know there was such a thing as monsters. Yeah. I didn't know there was such a thing as bad people that would try and steal from me or bad or people that would, you know, try and hurt me or be jealous of me and not want my art up because they're an art. I, I, I just didn't know anything, yeah. which goes back to those guys, those sales trainers. You just didn't know. And it goes back to the guitar lessons, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, all right, all right, <laughs> and it goes back to the guitar lesson. Don't be afraid to color outside the lines. Uh, Thoreau said most men live lives of quiet mediocrity, which means we just kind of stay in this box. But but what if you weren't afraid to venture out, or what if you didn't already know the rules, right? You know, like what if there were no rules? Find your own voice. You know, step out, uh, and that's you've certainly found your own voice. I mean, we're talking aloes and grapes with arms and strawberries with legs and and they're doing such fun things uh well i know and then you know the thing about it is once i started to once i started to get more of oh i like what you do i like what you do uh you know you build your confidence but you don't know unless you try and a lot of those tongue-in-cheek things you know you got to be you got to be brave and you got to figure out just like when we're talking about bad things you got to figure out when something good happens what were the things that surrounded that and triggered that what was it that you, that got you into uh, a, a new friendship that made you feel safe doing that? Well, here's the things I did. You know, for one, I wasn't drunk. I, w I had eaten my meal. I was, you got to go back to basics first. Like, have you eaten? <laughs> When's the last time you ate? When's the last time you slept the full night? And you start looking at the circumstances. Well, I was in a really good mood that day because I woke up and I had gotten extra sleep. And, and you know, I had uh, uh, called somebody right before that made me feel really good. And then just going into... You know, maybe maybe it's a, a get together, some people you don't know, and you go there to go see your friend, and you meet somebody new, 
And and all of a sudden that turns into, wow, I got this new friendship. Well, how did that happen? You know, and why, why did the friendship get good? Well, what did I do that was different? Oh, you know what? But I actually texted that person like probably once a week. <laughs> right, right. I normally don't text all my friends, but right, right, sure. I start texting them once a week and I had good conversations. And, and, and you're basically, you're, you're watering the flower and it grows, yeah. but, but, you know, take the pause, good thing or bad thing, take the pause to look at your life, figure out what things are making you happy. Well, not just, are they making you happy? Why are they making you happy? What are the circumstances that you set up for yourself to make yourself happy? And when we do, you know, things that make us happy, it's like, oh, I want more of that. When we do things where we get hurt or they're painful, I want less of that. Yeah. And you, the only way you could put that in perspective is by taking the time. You know, so but taking the yeah. time to reflect, taking the time to introspect, you know, God winks or God whispers that have just told you, you know, you are doing exactly what you were meant to be doing. Uh, there's been a lot that we've shared about overcoming and uh, success today. If you had one piece of advice uh, for somebody on success, or maybe, you know, when you think about grandchildren, you know, just something that, you know, you'd want to tell somebody important in your life, uh, what would it be? I'd say be in the moment. Be in the moment. Be in the moment so you know when it's happening. You yeah. need to be present. On that or good, you need to be present. You need to be brave when it's not, and you need to be present and realize how good things are when good things are happening. Yeah. Life goes by so fast. And and I want to add to everything that I've said, I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm just, I, this is what's worked for me and may not work for you. And certainly you what what I love about things like this, like your podcast, as you listen to maybe maybe listen to an hour of garbage and there's two things you pull out that are absolutely gems. And so the my road to success, your road to success, they're all gonna be very much different. Some of it has to do with timing, but at least you're open to it. At least you're allowing things to happen, at least trying to learn in that because what works for you, I mean, what we're doing is we're trying to share things that work and you might have something that can really help me. I know you've had a couple of gems that I carry with me forever. And, uh, you know, same thing. It's that, it's that exchange. It's just, it's that desire to be happier and, and to well, put it all you. together. Yeah. I, I love our conversations. However, I think that since this is going to come out just before the Christmas holiday, uh, that was a great, uh, great close right there. Be in the moment. See the here and now is called the present because it's a gift. So don't miss the gift of this season and don't miss the gift of your life. Don't let it pass by. You know, Einstein says time's an illusion, right? Because it's not really the past. It's not really the future. All you can do is just be here and now. And when you show up, great things happen, right? Be yourself is all that you can be. Yeah. Just be yourself. And and whatever that is, take time for yourself. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of people that just, they spend their life taking care of everybody else, take no time for themselves, yeah. you know? And that's my wife. Like she, I had to slow her down and say, well, you want it, anything you want to do for yourself, like get your nails done or something. Oh, that'd be really nice. I just don't have to go, you know what you need? Let, let, what do you got on your list today? Let me take two or three things off of that list. Give it to Travis. So I don't have to do it. <laughs> I think we're going to do some of that now, right? <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I think that that's, uh, that's great. And, and, and sur surround yourself, put yourself in situations where you're around people who you would like to be like, who are good for you, who are not toxic. And those that are toxic, man, recognize the fact that you know, maybe circumstances are not setting you up for, for, to move and, and do good things, but maybe bad things just the same. I mean, you know, yeah. you can't lose all your money in a casino unless you're in a casino. <laughs> right. Right. Check your environment, you know, stay away from the energy vampires, be yourself as all you can be in the whole history of the human empire. 
there's never been but one you right so I'll definitely embrace that be fearless yeah that's really good thanks for being on the you said that thank you for your time i've heard, I've heard how good looking you <laughs> i love this guy i love this guy um go to uh is it uh where's the best place to go check out that art that i've been talking about throughout this show uh, michaelgoddard.com m-i-c-h-a-e-l-g-o-d-a-r-d.com or you, you just google me uh, you'll find out a lot more dirt yeah at google rockstar <laughs> the art world hear all the stories yeah. until next time thanks Travis happy, guys, you. happy holidays thanks for listening Overcomer Nation make sure if you haven't already give us a five star rating make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content that's right and if you'd like to be a guest on a future show go to overcomers-podcast.com if you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333 then go to www.journeyfitness333.com and finally if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching go to travisbarnes.com yeah